Welcome to Hope Renewed, the podcast of PIR Ministries. Thanks for connecting to Hope Renewed, the in-depth podcast about pastoral renewal and restoration. I'm Tom Jameson, and along with co-host Sean Nemechek, we explore the issues and challenges pastors face and help cultivate a renewed hope for healthy ministry lives. Well, Sean, I know you and I are both glad uh, listeners have joined us on Hope Renewed. And uh, I've got to say, I just want to say first, as we get into this uh, conversation today, it's, it's really been a joy to be a partner with you now over the last uh, six, seven months, uh, especially as we go through these strange times. What, what's it been like for you? Have you been finding encouragement by being a part of this? Boy, this, these conversations have just given me a chance to, to think uh, deeply about the struggles that many of the pastors out there are facing right now. And uh, to, to go back to them asking, how are you doing? Uh, how can we encourage you? How can we bring you new hope? I just find it, it just this back and forth between you and I leads to better conversations elsewhere. Mm. Really enjoy, uh, yeah. enjoy that. I, I'd agree with that. It's just, it's stimulating thoughts in my mind mm-hmm. uh, that I wouldn't typically have. And, and just how important it is to have somebody to talk to about things in ministry uh, mm-hmm. as uh, uh, pastors that you just, you don't have that opportunity on a daily basis. So I've deeply appreciated your perspectives. And boy, how important is that question in these days, how are you doing for pastors? Mm. What are you seeing with that? I just saw um, a quote from Nate Pyle the other day. He said he's, every pastor he's talking to is, is really discouraged right now. Mm. Um, and there aren't you know, any pastors really out there that he's talking to that are saying, yeah, I'm doing great everybody's struggling to some degree. Mm-hmm. And he's expecting that in the next couple of years, we're going to see lots of pastors drop out of ministry uh, because of the conflict they're in right now. Yeah. Uh, so I think what we're doing is, is hugely important in helping pastors find hope in the middle of the chaos of the pandemic and, and the chaos that just is pastoral ministry sometimes. Uh, and maybe uh, this will will help them stay the course a little longer. Mm, yeah, and, and and just having that hope uh, is, is crucial. And you mentioned disillusionment. I know a couple months ago we we had a good conversation about disillusionment. One of your three Ds, mm-hmm. which uh, I, I I love having that perspective that you bring. That you feel that there are these three Ds that are indicative of the. The, the difficulties that, that pastors face, the disillusionment and defeat, um, and as we talked about, discouragement. And, and I wanted to talk with you a little bit today about this sense of defeat, because I think even as you just said, discouragement can lead to defeat. Mm. And, and that may be a trend we're seeing now as pastors who are, are saying, you know, I don't know if I can stay this course. I think this has me by the neck. I, I think I'm, I'm just ready to toss it in. What have you seen defeat look like uh, in in the life of a pastor, and, and what what really brings that about? Well, there's there's several different things that can make a pastor feel defeated, and, and you can feel defeated in the midst of some of these things or after they happen. Uh, so, for example, uh, just 
the the wounds that that can come from conflict with other leaders over the direction of the church. I I know I had times in pastoral ministry where uh, I felt like, man, I just lost a key battle with my uh, with my church uh, over this issue. Other times we were in the middle of conflict and I couldn't see a way out. Um, I couldn't see how to get everybody on the same page, and that felt like defeat. Sometimes defeat is isn't conflict as much as it is just dealing with the criticism that can come to pastors. Mm. Just the other day I was reading, uh, somebody said, uh, you know, pastors, you need to to expect that you're going to be criticized and, and know that that comes with the role. Yeah. And so many pastors go into uh, start out pastoral ministry with this, this generous heart. And I can't imagine why anybody would criticize them because they're giving themselves fully to the people and to the Lord. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, somebody says something that, that just bites. It hurts. Mm, yeah. um, and that can make them want to give up. Uh, and if you have a recurring critic uh, that's just constant uh, in ministry, especially if that person has some power or authority in the church, uh, that can, can really be defeating. Mm. A third thing that that can lead toward defeat is just the, the nature of the spiritual battle of pastoral ministry. Yeah. Um, we all are keenly aware of the reality of our sin and uh, the importance of leading the people in purity. And so there's just that constant tension that every pastor lives with. Uh, am I living, uh, as, uh, as First Timothy talks about, it, above reproach? A lot of pastors are struggling with sins on a habitual basis, mm -hmm. uh, the types of sins that if somebody were to find out could end their ministry, and they're living in constant defeat. So a defeated pastor can can uh, feel that, that experience just about anywhere in ministry. Uh, the the question is, what does he do to get out of it? I think that's what we're going to explore. Yeah, today. yeah, and I think that that's so crucial. Thanks so much for for casting that. I, I think any ministry leader, any pastor, can resonate with at least one of those points of mm -hmm. either experiencing that sense of defeat or or the potential for for that to be there. Uh, I think that perhaps is is an important point to raise. When I went into the ministry, I was naive about a lot uh, and blind to the sense that, you know, somebody might even be critical. Like you said, you know, you go in with this open, generous heart. Why would anyone say anything against that? And it's healthy in ministry to be aware of the potential of defeat uh, coming, but as Galatians encourages us to, to stand firm and learning to do that in ministry. What do you think it is that blinds pastors to the potential of defeat? Hmm, that's a great question. I think uh, sometimes, as we've said already, it's, it's a little bit of a naive approach. They're not aware of the reality that leaders face criticism. Um, if no one's criticizing you as a leader, you're probably not leading people through change. Hmm. There's, there's also, I think, just a, a sense that so many pastors are moving toward um, or trying to move their congregation toward greater wholeness in Christ. 
And they're not aware that within their congregation, that sinful tendency that all of us have is going to fight back. Um, Mm -hmm. So I used to describe pastoral ministry to my mentor as um, getting people to do what they don't want to do by telling them what they don't want to hear. Um, (laughs) Because so many times the, the gospel is an offense to us. And the call to follow Christ is a call to lay down our lives. And just as natural human beings, we're, we're kind of averse to that. Yeah. Uh, and the nature of pastoral ministry is you're, you're going into conflict on a spiritual level. So I think that's, that's one of the major components on all of this is that, that this is a spiritual battle. Our, our, our battle isn't against flesh and blood. You know, yeah. We're not fighting against the people in our church, and sometimes we forget that as well. Yeah. How, how does a pastor, in a healthy way, live in the potentiality of defeat in, in light of, of these different issues or, or aspects of life and ministry? I think we have to have a long-term mindset uh, that we are going to experience setbacks in ministry from time to time. Mm-hmm. There are going to be battles that we fight that we feel like we lost. Mm. But we have to re- keep in mind and, and keep our focus on the fact that, that Christ is the one who is the victor. And even through the battles that we feel like we've lost, he's working. Yeah, He's, he's got something going on either in us uh, or in others. It may be behind the scenes. It may be right up front, but he's still working and he will have the victory. Uh, And we're part of this victorious uh, army called the church. Mm -hmm. And as we move forward, we're learning to fight together. Uh, So I think some of the, the defeat that pastors experience are is just because we focus on the immediate circumstances yeah, rather than looking at the big picture of what the gospel has for us in Christ. Well, and, and isn't in, in that sense, isn't defeat sometimes just kind of the, the natural result of depending on our own strength and our own wisdom. Yes. Um, and rather than being an occasion to say, you know, well, I'm, I'm giving up or I'm walking away, um, a real opportunity to say, okay, maybe I haven't been going about this from the right perspective. Uh, maybe I need some heart conditioning, some heart change, some soul care that, that's going to open me up to this bigger perspective that you talk about of, of what Christ is doing in the church and how our you know, our light and momentary afflictions will give way to the greater glory. But boy, it doesn't feel that way sometimes, especially I think right now, as a lot of pastors are going through a very strange crisis and finding out or trying to find out how do you navigate through a a crisis like COVID? You know, how do you keep a congregation together when they're apart? Uh, How do you disciple people who are more concerned or seemingly more concerned about, you know, whether or not they're going to wear a mask or how are they going to homeschool their kids and, and all of those things, just being able to, to retain that big picture mm-hmm. in the midst of, of ongoing circumstances. It's hugely challenging right now, I think for pastors. 
I think a lot of pastors are experiencing what uh, I've heard Steve Cuss, uh, who wrote a book called Managing Leadership Anxiety, Yours and Theirs. Um, he describes it as a double bind, uh, which means no matter what they choose, they're going to feel like they're wrong. Uh, so uh, some pastors right now uh, have opened up their churches and they have some people who are really excited about that and happy and others are saying, you're opening too soon. Why are you doing this? You're going to kill us all. Mm -hmm. You know, it's no matter what they do, it's a, it's a, the wrong choice because had they decided to stay closed, the, they would have people saying, why are you living in fear? Pastors, and this seems like with, with almost every decision they're making right now, somebody's going to be intensely upset mm. with them because of the, the environment that our culture uh, has created around COVID and, and the political system right now. Uh, it's just so much conflict. I think to some degree, we have to recognize that as, as pastors, we're not called to fix everything. Uh, we're called to meet people where they're at, mm -hmm. called to minister to the church. And Christ described his church as, as a mixture of wheat and tares. You know, there, there are those who are true followers of Christ, and there's always going to be a, a mixture of people who, who aren't going to end up following Christ after mm -hmm. all. And it's, and it's only over time that that becomes revealed. Um, it's it's not up to us to try and figure out which one's which and judge it. Those things will be revealed over time. Uh, and so a lot of pastors right now are are trying to do more than they probably should, trying to solve more conflict, trying to create more peace than than is available right now. And isn't that a recipe for defeat then? Yes. Again, maybe coming out of a frustration of, I don't know what to do, so I'm going to do something. And uh, I, I don't want to say not trusting in God, because I, I don't see them not trusting in God, but positioning themselves in, in what God is doing in, in all of this, which, which is, I mean, talk about a mystery right now. Okay, Lord, what are you up to in the midst of all this? I think that perhaps one of the, the keys to um, battling against a sense of defeat in ministry is not, and you've already said this, not, not having everything depend on me, mm -hmm. but moving forward, seeking the Lord in that and, and seeing, okay, well, Lord, what will you do in this? Because I don't know what to do, uh, but I know doing nothing is not what I'm supposed to do. Uh, so I will do this trusting in you and uh, open to how you will be at work in that and know that, that that's really what the Lord is pleased with. And so if it doesn't work, if it's a defeat, that that's not the end of it mm -hmm. because you have faithfully sought to to follow after God in a time when it was really hard to understand what that might specifically look like. I, th I think you're right in the sense that we have to kind of hold things with an open hand right now. And mm -hmm. let me ask you this. Do you think that some of the defeat that we experience as pastors is because we over identify with our congregations? We start to find our identity in their response to us in our leadership. 
Oh, I think you know me well enough already, Sean, that I think everything goes down to that uh, misidentifying ourselves, losing our identity. And so, yeah, for a pastor to be so self-identifying with, you know, the health of the congregation or the status of the congregation, um, that somehow the congregation represents them, uh, is a recipe, uh, again, for defeat. Um, because I think we both learned this lesson that people let you down. Uh, even the best people let you down. Uh, even we certainly have, have let others down. So rooting identity in, in anything other than in Christ is going to, there, there's an end to that. And uh, it's, it's a false end. Uh, and we're going to run into that. And that easily can feel like defeat. Um, especially, you know, if we staked a lot of, of who we are or, you know, put a lot of stock in, in that. Yeah, I think the reality is that we need to find our identity in the, in the victorious life of Christ. Mm. Because if we look for identity in anything else, whether it's our ability as a, a preacher or a leader or the way people respond to us, we're always going to fall short and it's going to feel mm. defeating. Uh, and if we get enough of those uh, that happen in a row, we're just going to want to give up. So I think the, the key in, in much of this is for pastors to slow down. And this isn't what I'm seeing in, among most pastors right now today. Yeah. I, I'm seeing them trying to do more, and they've been trying to do more for, for months now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're starting to, to run out of energy uh, because you can only... Uh, uh, overwork for so long. Yeah. You know, so I'm hoping that what we're coming to is actually a, a period where pastors will come to the end of themselves and they'll realize overwork isn't the answer. Mm-hmm. It's just an anxiety response. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to step back and spend some more time with Christ, do less in the church uh, so that I can be more connected with Christ and lead the church from a place of peace and confidence in him mm. and, and, and rootedness. Yeah. The confidence yes. uh, um, that comes from, I think uh, learning the, the habit of subsuming the identities that we do have. Cause we do, you know, pastors do have those identities. They, they are the preachers, they are the shepherds, they are the pastors. There, there is a sense of identity in all of that uh, as well as being a father and a husband and uh, you know, for us as men, but whatever identity we we have or that we're experiencing, that we subsume that to our primary identity in Christ. So, being able to say, "Okay, Lord, I'm I'm not going to rescue people by my good preaching, but I'm going to bring my good preaching under the umbrella of your call and identity." Um, that you've given me in Christ as your child, as one who uh, rests in you, because I think that's that's the heart of identity. Is it's where where is your soul rest? What, where is it resting on? Mm-hmm. And if it's resting in Christ, and then pursuing what God makes open to you in, in that, and um, certainly now in a frenetic time, um, remembering to stop, to rest, 
And, and, and boy, I, I know you've talked about this before, and, and I, I think it's worth saying again that, that uh, rest doesn't mean doing nothing. Uh, rest can be a very vigorous activity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's placing ourselves at, at the root of our identity in Christ and being there, resting there, uh, and then going on from, from that place. That that will, as you say, uh, uh, bring uh, a, a sense of living in the victorious life of Christ to be able to face the challenges then of the things that we may or may not experience victory in. But that's not going to identify us as uh, whether this works out or not. I, I think a lot of our struggle comes with the idea that we we focus so much on the commands of Christ in in the New Testament, these are things that we need to be doing, but we don't notice the deeper statements that Jesus makes before making those commands that our ability to fulfill this work comes out of our relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in John 15, Jesus says, calls us to abide in him to live in him, to be connected to him, to draw our life from him. And he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. That idea is repeated again and again and again in the Gospels, that the root of ministry isn't our natural talents or even our spiritual gifts. Mm. It's in our connection with Christ. Yeah, it's Christ living his life through us. Right, right. And it's not in what people want from us. It's not in what our board says, you know, this is what ministry looks like. It's in us as a, as a group of leaders within the church being deeply connected to Jesus and seeing what naturally flows out of his life within us. Mm. So a pastor may be listening right now and say, well, this is all well and good. Uh, I'm, I'm encouraged today, but I still feel like, pitching it all in this 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 is more than i can handle this this uh does not look good it doesn't look healthy for me it doesn't look healthy for my family and i i just i i want to give up let's brainstorm three things that we can tell pastors right now uh or or at least share with pastors uh to provide some kind of sense of hope uh, or encouragement what would be one you would share so sometimes pastors uh resolve conflict by picking up and leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to say to, to pastors two things regarding that. One, we often quit right before we're going to experience our greatest success. Mm-hmm. So that's one side of the, the coin is to, to say, make sure that before you leave a church that you're not leaving uh, in the middle of, of this conflict that can feel like defeat um, because it it may be that Christ is about to do something. But on the other side of that coin is the reality that sometimes it's necessary for brothers to separate in order for them to be more effective in ministry. Mm. Um, We see this with Paul and Barnabas in the new Testament. They had, they had a conflict that, that just wasn't going to be resolved. Um, And it was necessary for each of them to go their separate ways Uh, And the Lord, it seems to me in the New Testament, the Lord brought them back together later on. But for a period, um, 
they they went away and and found different ministry. And so, uh, pastor has to discern: Am I where God wants me to be right now? Mm-hmm. Is is this church going to be able to move forward together in unity, or is this just are they never going to receive my words here? Uh, and if they're not going to receive our, the words that or the calling that Christ has placed on our lives, it may be time to move. Mm. Um, So figuring out, and and the only way to do this is lots of prayer. Yeah. Uh, You know, lots of connection with Christ. Is it time to stay? Is it time to go? Um, That's that's an important And I would tuck in there too, the, the, I think they're evident, but it's not always evident, you know, uh, taking stock of, of health issues, you know, is it healthy mm-hmm. for me? Is it healthy for my family to be here? Are there issues of dysfunction either in me and my family or, or in the church uh, that uh, make this beyond a dangerous place to be, um, you know, a deadly place to be? Uh, because we recognize that, that not every ministry situation is a healthy situation to be in. Um, but we don't, want to shortchange what, like you say, what God might be doing or about to do by jumping to those things too quickly. There's a difference between a toxic church and an uncomfortable church. Yes. And, and learning to discern that and, and asking the hard question of yourself too. Okay. You know, am, am I made strong enough for this? Um, can mm. I be made strong enough for this? Related to that, I think a lot of the defeat that pastors experience is because they haven't learned how to handle conflict. Mm. Um, they're either conflict avoidant uh, or they're just bad at it. Mm. You know, they, they haven't learned how, what their conflict style might be. Uh, they haven't learned how to uh, see the problem uh, as, as the issue, not the other person as the issue. And, and learn to fight from the same side with their leaders. Mm. Uh, so I think sometimes uh, the, the real issue in feeling defeated is that I'm fighting the wrong battles because I don't know how to, mm. how to handle conflict rightly. And, and that sounds like a great discussion, which I think in the future we're going to be talking with Dan Borg uh, of PIR Ministries uh, mm-hmm. and doing something not only here on the podcast, but a little bit uh, broader with a vlog on, on – that very thing uh, on understanding conflict and conflict styles and how to manage conflict in the church and in, in yourself. Uh, so hopefully pastors can find uh, hope and, and, and help there from us. Uh, I would say, you know, as I think about what I would want to say to a pastor who's, who's just about ready to, to toss it all in, to step back, to just don't react, but, Find a place to respond from uh, and, and respond well from an informed place. Um, and so it, it may mean trying to, to carve out some kind of uh, mini sabbatical or, or time away. And, and I can hear people screaming, this is not the time to do this. Well, this may be the very time to be doing something like that, to be able to, to find that space uh, from which to make uh, an informed, faith-filled decision rather than a reactionary decision because, uh, uh, like any conflict, it's, it's not wise to make long-term decisions when you're right there in the midst of it. Uh, along with that, then, I would say to, to be getting good counsel from people you trust, uh, people who 
uh, can, can be uh, separated a little bit from uh, the issue that's going on, give a little bit of a wider perspective or a little bit more uh, of an informed perspective um, that's, that's not so tied up in things. Uh, and a, a godly perspective uh, on that. So uh, find those trusted voices. And, and uh, we at PIR, I know, love to have the opportunities to serve uh, pastors and ministry leaders in that role of being a trusted voice so that um, what might feel like defeat can be recast as opportunity uh, mm-hmm. Or uh, if nothing else, just to get a perspective that this is not the end of the world. This is not the end of the road. I think it's important for pastors to remember that we are commanded in Scripture to take times for rest. I was just coaching a pastor yesterday, and he was wondering why he's struggling to, to have um, uh, clear thoughts and why he's feeling defeated. And as we explored, I asked him, tell me about your rest patterns. And he says, well, I've been a pastor for five years, and I think I've had about five days off in that, that time mm. period. And wow. I said, well, how do you expect to recover from stress, from just the daily grind of ministry, if you're not taking your regular rest? Now, I've been coaching him for several months on Sabbath rest, and he's been doing better lately. But we have to remember in Scripture, it's not just the weekly Sabbath that's commanded. There's Sabbaths connected to the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's even a Sabbath year uh, every seven years that was commanded. And, and when we look at our own lives and ministry, we have to recognize we're not built to go forever. Uh, we have to take periods where we step back. We cease from our work and we recognize that God's the one who's in control, that it's God who provides, not us. And we need to rest in his, his presence, in his provision, and, and just take some time to deeply connect with him. A lot of pastors are feeling defeated because they haven't spent time in rest, being recharged spiritually uh, in, in the presence of Christ. Mm. It, is, it is a battle. Well, Sean, this has been a really pertinent topic, I think, to, to have some discussion around, certainly much more. Uh, that could be said. And, and uh, I know we want to encourage uh, those who are listening to continue this conversation. Find others that you can uh, talk about this with. Be honest about your feelings. Uh, and uh, if PIR can be that uh, listening ear and that uh, voice of hope in your life, we are certainly glad to do that. And we're glad that you've been with us on, on this episode of Hope Renewed. We invite you to give us some feedback uh, to let us know how this has been a source of hope and help to you. Also, if you would share this podcast with others who may be able to um, benefit from it, uh, you can like us, rate us. That's always helpful. If you're interested more in the ministry of PIR, uh, you can go to pirministries.org. And there's a lot to learn there, some resources to to help, ways to connect with us. And as always, if you'd like to support our ministry, we're very happy to uh, walk with you in that and show you how you can be a part of that. Sean, it's been great to be with you today. It's been so much fun. And uh, Tom, I just want to mention, we've talked a lot about uh, pastoral identity, and we have an upcoming conversation with Sharon Garlow-Brown all around that, that idea of 
uh, who am I if I'm not a pastor? It's a fascinating conversation. I hope uh, our listeners will tune in soon to, to hear that. Great. Thanks for reminding us of that. And we look forward to being with you the next time on Hope Renewed. PIR Ministries partners with God and the church in the work of pastoral renewal and restoration to cultivate new hope for healthy ministry lives. You can learn more about us at our webpage, pirministries.org, or email us at info at pirministries.org. Thanks for joining us for Hope Renewed, and remember, the hope Christ offers will never put us to shame.